Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with your hosts, Daniel Ferugia and Ashley Drew. Now, go and put your shoes on, put your headphones in, and let's go for a run. G'day, Trail Runners. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Trail Runners Experience. I'm Daniel, and I'm joined today by Ash. How you going, Ash? I look, I'm doing well at this point in time in the day. Yeah, that's it good. Hasn't, it certainly hasn't been how my whole day has gone, but um, yeah, we've both had our uh, medical hiccups in the last couple of days by the sound of it. Yeah, well, mine less severe than yours, but yes, I did have a bit of the old tummy bug, and um, it's doing the rounds in my house at the moment, and that's the part of the joy of having little kids is uh, you get all their lovely little illnesses, and so, but I'm, I'm definitely on the mend, but I went for my, um, I went for 5Ks today because I'm still sort of being careful with my recovery from the 100, the Hyson. Um, and I, yeah, my tummy was still quite upset with me. It did not like the idea of bouncing around for 5Ks. So I was gonna go for 10, but I thought, no, I think five, I don't wanna get too far from the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know how it is. Look, everybody. Yes, I, I do know how that is. Even when I'm, even when I'm not sick, that's an issue. But um, but yeah. So, but uh, other than that, feeling a bit better. And um, yeah. So yeah, how's... I, I, I wonder whether that is the story of many runners because I, I haven't asked ever. Yeah. But um, I know where all of the public toilets are, close to my house that I currently reside in. And um, I know how far they are generally on every run, just in case I suddenly need to go to the toilet, compared with how far it would be to home. Um, and also what time they open, because some of them open at specific times. Here in Queensland, I don't know if you've got it in South Australia, yeah. but yes. we, have time, we have time locks on yes. public toilets. Ridiculous. And they just automatically lock at night and then automatically unlock at certain times in the morning. Some unlock at 4 a.m., some at 5am and some at 6am. Oh, mate. Um, yeah. I, it's so frustrating. And look, the whole toilet thing, I think it's a, one of those things people don't speak about too often. But, um, no. But the more you run, and I don't know if it's an age thing, I just think the more you run, the more chance that you're going to have a toilet mishap on the run. It's a sad to put it. And I think we've, we've all been there one way or another, um, having to make the dash for the toilets at the... You know, because it can come on very quickly. Something to be. It can. The, it can. You, you do. You. I find it's the worst when I'm out doing um, anything slightly faster, but basically anything above a, uh, a above an easy run, my my desire to go to the toilet increases exponentially. And look, I'm not afraid to say it, but uh, sometimes I've, I I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of that guy in a marathon. It became like a meme where he must be sprinting down the final straight and he's had complete explosive diarrhea coming out either side of his shorts. Now, oh, no, I definitely haven't seen that, and thank goodness, but and, I can, and I've, the, I've got an image in my head now that I never wanted, so thank no, you for that. Well, it's funny because it's... Um, I, I haven't had that like that, put it that way, but I think of that poor guy quite often and I think I don't want to get to that and I know that it's sometimes... It's uh, it's it's pretty close. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Well, you yeah. know, I've had the same thing in ultras where I'm running to the next aid station. I'm thinking, oh, geez, I, th- I hope that they've rented a few portaloos at the next aid station. Mm. And I noticed that at um, uh, this year, my local ultra race, um, they had hired, I don't know, maybe 25 or 30. Like, it, w- it was a big event. Mm. So, you know, they'd hired 25 or 30 of those, um, you know, the, the higher toilets that... Uh, you see on building sites and the yeah. queues to get in was phenomenal and i was thinking oh thank goodness it's my local ultra yeah. because you know i haven't had to travel far from home yeah, um yeah. where i've already been to the toilet this morning and won't need to go now hopefully until the end of the race um so yeah kind of kind of amusing it's funny um i've had i've never really had any issues in races because i um i think around a, around race times i really am careful of um of how i um time my eating in the lead into the race so that i don't oh, actually, yeah. Yep. yeah but when i'm training i don't think about it as much like i still eat i eat probably a lot more than i normally would um anyway so yeah i mean it, like i didn't i didn't have to go to the toilet once during heisen and uh, in all the hundreds i've done i've never had to go to the toilet except for wheeze <laughs> so there you go. There you go. So look at that. This podcast got off to a fantastic start. Yeah, uh, it certainly did. We went we went straight to the gutter before we even yeah. really began. I think there's a lot. There's a lot in it, you know. When you because it's something that uh, a lot of people have problems with, and and like it's it's difficult because it, there's that downward pressure when you start running along. It's it's pretty normal, you know. Like and especially when you're out there for a long time. You're having a bit of caffeine. You're eating lots of food. You know, there's only there's the only way is uh, down, so to speak. You know, like so it's interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's that's just, true. I mean, you're bouncing it all around. So yeah. Well, there you go. What a, we might say that's a shit way to start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. So um, have you been getting any running in lately? Uh, well, other than. Since- well, since before Blackall, I've, I've had problems now for, oh, look, three treatments, basically. So um, every so the, the cancer treatment that I have at the moment um, goes in as a liquid but turns to a solid and it's put into the muscle and then it dissolves over a period of time. And they don't do a guided needle. It's a big needle. It's about the size of a the inside of a big pen, but um, they don't use a guided, sometimes they'll use a guided needle, which is where they use ultrasound and then they watch where they put the needle. Yep. And I've had that before, but with these ones, they don't do that. They just put it into your glute, which is theoretically the, the biggest muscle in your body. And then it sits in there, but every so often, because your glutes where your sciatic nerve is, etc., they'll place it where it either rubs against the nerve or causes problems with the nerve. And um, that is, uh, that's caused me problems to the extent of literally not being able to walk. Right. Um, and you've just got to dissolve and then once it dissolves, but dissolving can take weeks and weeks, if not months. Right. Um, and they, they alternate sides in theory so it's less of a problem. Yeah. But um, anyway, I, where they put... The needle weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, I also have tumours in that area and I'm not sure whether a tumour has grown enough that's causing problems with a nerve or whether the injection's causing problems with the nerve. Anyway, it just means that I get 
pain running down my leg. Yeah, that's um, not helpful. And that's really uncomfortable. And it takes, at about 10Ks, it kind of disappears. So, right. which is kind of nice. But up until then, it's ex- literally excruciating. And it doesn't matter what medication I take, I can't get rid of that sharp pain. So, um, so running's been just a little bit difficult because when you have that pain with every step, it causes other muscles to break down because your body tries to compensate by yeah. doing stupid things. It's like injury generally. You, um, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it's basically an injury, but it's yeah. just, it's, it's not caused by me being stupid running. It's caused by, yeah. well, treatment. So yeah, yeah. I, need the tre- I need the treatment to be alive and to be functional. Um, but I like to run, so you know. Yeah. Whereas the doctors, the doctors are less in, for them. Getting the treatment in is more important than my running. Whereas I would say that my running is more important than my treatment. For me personally, everybody else who I ever speak to will argue that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got to do what feels good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so I've been running all right. Basically, yeah, well, um, and I'm slowly rebuilding after Black Hall. Um, it's a very slow process. My recovery seems to take forever, and it does take longer than most people's. Um, but I mean, I'm back up to forty odd k's in the last six days, forty something k's. That's good. So not fantastic but, yeah. for me personally, but but not bad by any means. Yeah. Um, this morning I ran really well. Um, I've had a bit of a mixed bag today, so I woke up in massive amount of pain, tumour pain, um, and just lay in bed and, and filled with photographs for until that pain kind of subsided. And then got out of bed, made myself a coffee, made my wife a coffee, um, and we just had a general chat. And once the pain had completely gone, I went, rightio, here's my opportunity to go running. Went for a run and felt really good, like my my power today so i use a stride power meter um because heart rate for me is it's a bit dodgy due to the fact that i've got tumors in the nerves that control my heart so i use a power meter to judge how well i'm doing physically and um anyway so my average power today was 214 watts which is up like 20 watts on what it's been for the last sort of five days as a run so that was really good and then um, at about 11.30, I collapsed on the kitchen floor and um, ended up, you know, in bed, 28 degrees, got a blanket on, yeah. freezing freezing cold, sweating my brain. Again, tumours just playing up and cancer just playing up. And, and now, you know, I'm chatting to you. We put off this morning's chat because I wasn't feeling good. And um, yeah. it's later yeah. in the afternoon now and I'm feeling all right. I'm still sweating. Yeah. Um, but and that's been happening on and off, and that's just Jim is playing up. And it, I avoid taking extra medication as much as possible because the more I take, the less effective it becomes over the long term. And uh, personally, I intend to live much longer than the doctors have told me that I should be able to live. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. That, that's where I sit with that. Absolutely. Um, and, and you've been unwell yourself. Yeah. So. Just. I mean, I, comparatively, it's nothing. It's just a stomach bug. It's passing. It literally, but um, I was just going to say, going back to what you said about power meters, it's all um, really fascinating 
because that I mean that's the new frontier of coaching and training is it's a way it, and actually I mean I'm still learning when it comes to power meters but I, as far as from a coaching perspective but it is a way more stable way it's more of a it's less subjective than heart rate because heart rate is affected by many things in your case tumors but in but in the case of um uh, other people, it could also be, um, it's, um, what's it called? Like, the Everything heat. Everything can affect heart rate, dehydration, the, yeah, temperature. fatigue. Uh, any, anything, bio, because it's biological, mm. anything else biological yeah. affects it. Yeah, So absolutely. if you're dehydrated, you know, you'll have a higher heart rate. If you haven't rested properly, you'll have a higher heart rate. If you've overtrained, you'll have a lower heart rate. Um, exactly. So, which you're right. Yeah, you've got all sorts of weird and wonderful things that I, apart, right. Whereas, power yeah. is power. It doesn't change. Yeah. Except for, you know, the only thing that changes it might be if you lose a significant amount of weight, but that's really what's per kilo rather than total power. So. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's it. No, so it's good. But like, I as a coach, I generally try and. I think about best practice. So basically a little bit of having a good understanding of everything um, in the coaching realm and then using that, using the best bits of everything to sort of inform the athlete what they, because I mean, heart rate, power meters, I, I want it all to feed back in so that you can do it just intuitively more intuitively when it comes to race day because i think an intuitive athlete is the best kind of athlete but with you we've got so much really good technology now crazy not to use it do you know what i mean like and so it's just it's just using a little bit of cot from column a a little from column b and understanding from column c and just bringing it all together and so that's my philosophy so power meters is definitely something i I'm going to do more reading about. I may have to go and invest in a in a, a stride pod and uh, really get drill right down into it. But um, yeah. So uh, but as far as my own running is go has been going. So since Hyson, which we're I'm about ten days post Hyson, or maybe nine. Hyson's 110, isn't it? It was 100. Oh, it's called the Hyson 105. And it's, but it's actually more like 102 or 103. Oh, it's actually a little bit shorter. Okay. Yeah. And because um, when it first started, it was, the course was a little bit different. And because um, you go through a lot of private property and one of the landowners decided that he didn't want people running through his property, which was a shame because it, it was a significantly challenging hill on his property. But now we run around his property and... And then to make up for it, we had to ch we had to chop and change a few things. So, but now the name has just stuck, Hyson One Hundred and Five. But um, yeah. So it's it's nice for people who are new to the race. They go, oh, it's one hundred and five, and then they come around the bend and they're it's like, oh, it's only one hundred and three or whatever. It's a nice surprise when they come through the finish. But um, it's it's always nicer when they're they're <laughs> shorter than longer. I can tell you that exactly. And um, so yeah. But I I'm starting to feel um better. I, I I'm still. I'm being very cautious. Um, I always think in the 14-day window after a big race, you, even though sometimes you might actually feel good, you're still very susceptible to injury. And so even though I, on the surface I feel quite good, like I, my energy levels are pretty much back to normal, um, 
I just don't have that bounce in my step yet. And, uh, and generally, and so I think maybe there's a bit of fatigue there. So I'm deliberately only running every second day at the moment until, and I'll do that until the end of this week. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of get the runs up a bit. I think I ran 20 kilometers last week and then I'll probably run maybe double that this week. And then by the week after, I should be back up to about 80. Um, still fairly easy. And the reason why um, I want to keep the running ticking over is because I've got another race coming up quite soon. And, um, and it's another 100K. And so I really I want to get the maximum benefit out of that 100K that I just did. But like training wise, but also I don't want to cook myself. So I'm just being really careful coming back into it, not taking too long off, but also not coming in too soon, too crazy. So today I just did the 5Ks, which was going to be 10Ks, but, um, you know, except for you know, toilets, toileting needs. Um, yeah, so I'm doing a race. Would you like to hear what race I'm doing? Yeah, so hang on. I just want to go back over a couple of things. So how far away is this race? It's in January, middle of January. Oh, okay. So we've got at least Couple, eight weeks. Yeah. So not. Okay, I, cool. I wouldn't do so, two runs that. I, I mean, I maybe would, but yeah, normally I wouldn't do two runs this close, hundred like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got you got you. No, let me start that again. So you you got ill. You think that you got ill because you were more susceptible to illness directly post a 100 or you're just completely unlucky and your daughter brought home the super bug from childcare? Oh, I think it's, I think it's the latter. I actually don't feel worn down to be honest with you. Like I don't, I, I don't feel physically that worn down. Like, and I, and like I said, I listened, I'll listen to my body in the next couple of days. And, um, yeah. And so, um, you know, just, I, I genuinely, I, I put it this way. I've been, I have had races where I've felt much worse and my immune system has been absolutely crushed, but I don't feel that way this time. Like I felt very tired afterwards, but I mean, I didn't run for, I didn't do anything for a couple of days afterwards. And then I have only done a couple of little runs. Like I say, 21, like on Saturday or Sunday, I went out and did a bit of a hilly 10 K and I felt my legs felt really good. Like, um, I was surprised and, uh, going up and down the hills, I hadn't lost much strength. Um, so yeah, but like I said, we'll see how it pans out and, um, yep. and then yeah. hang on. I've still got one more question. Yep. So recovery wise, you've run about 20% of your normal yep. running weekly. Yep. Then you've run about 40% of your normal running weekly and you're about to step up to say 60% of your running weekly. So you're basically stepping it up 20% a week over the next sort of five weeks yes. back up to normal running. Is that correct? That is pretty much correct. But I'm, what I'm doing, I'm, that's in terms of mileage. And so I always look at things in a few, from a few different angles. So even though I am stepping my mileage up, um, I'm, not, I'm keeping the intensity really low. So there'll be... Right, um, yep. And so I'm not going to do any speed work for a couple of weeks. Um, yep. And so just all easy runs, maybe a few strides um, later this week to just get it to see if the legs feel okay. But no, I won't be doing any like crazy threshold sessions or anything um, until probably yeah the third or fourth week post Heisen. Um, so that, so easy runs. So stepping it up twenty percent a week, 
and easy runs until you've got that nice bounce back in your legs. Yeah, you know that feeling, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I know that feeling, yeah. It's, it's where you, you, you could, if you want to sprint, you can just sprint. Yeah, and just, um, and like, so yeah, so no, it, it's good. And this just, and like, I feel generally, because I had a bit of a cold a few weeks before Heist, and, in the, and I was just getting over it in the week before, and, um, and thankfully, I don't think it was really a factor. But and I'm surprised. I I expect to get sick after a big race, but I actually don't. This is a different thing. I think I would have got sick because now everyone in my household has got this virus. Um, yeah. I, I, we all had our turn. But um, so yeah. So anyway, do you want to hear the race I'm doing? I now now I definitely want to hear the race. I just wanted to give the listeners a bit yeah. of an insight into no, recovering from a hundred pack race. Yeah, yeah. And look, I would. I think a lot of people jump into training too early. Um, they jump in, they go back too quickly, and they sh- get you know strain a muscle because um, yeah. So I've been taking it. Super yeah, when, when when I do it, I return probably half as quick as what you're returning. And, but that's and normally yeah, I wouldn't. But um, yeah, I would go. I would go even slower. I would have a good month where I do hardly anything. Um, yeah, but, but I'm I don't. But you've got something big coming up, which is? This is called, uh, it's in New Zealand. It's on the 18th of January, I believe. And it's called the Ultra Easy um, 100. It's a, it's a mountain race on the that's south. That's an oxymoron. That's what it is. <coughs> it's nothing easy about it. So um, <laughs> I know apparently Kiwis have a uh, nice uh, sense of humour. and um, They certainly do when they call it 100Ks easy in the mountains there. Yeah, and so... Um, they have, um, so it's about... So what's it called again? What was it called again? Ultra th- Easy. The Ultra Easy. It's 106 or 107 kilometres. And it's, yeah. it's in um, Wanaka. It starts in... Um, uh, and where is that excuse? I don't um, know. It's on the south. Well, I can tell you where Christchurch is or where Auckland is, but that's a, about it. And it's on Dunkirk. the South Island. So on, it's south near, Island, yeah. Yeah, near, it's, it's very close to Queenstown. It's ab- Queens- oh, okay. yep. Queenstown is beautiful. I've been there. I've been in New Zealand a couple of times. I love it. This will be my first time running there, so I'm really excited. It's um, basically, I think it's got about four over 4,000 metres of climbing, so it's quite a, maybe four and a half. And so, okay, so a few a few UTMB points there. Yeah. <laughs> and what points? UTMB. Oh, UTMB. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there would be. Um um, you get point, UTMB is based on climbing, isn't it? The point system. Oh, uh, probably. Uh, yeah. It's a combination of points. Of, uh, I'm not a combination that... of climbing and distance, but they they rate climbing, I believe, more highly. I, I could be totally wrong. Listeners can write it's, in and tell us how wrong we are with that. It's a very. It, it depends if the race has been registered as well. Um, it's. A, a t- I'll give you a little breakdown. So the race starts at three o'clock in the morning which is going to be fun. Um, yeah. And, and it starts just near Wanaka, Lake Wanaka, and it goes up into the mountains. Um, so the reason why they start you early is because they want you to get up to the first big climb of the day is, you know, at about the two, uh, about the 20 kilometre mark. Oh, you, you're going to be... So just just as it's getting light and just, So you yeah. can get a really good sunrise. Apparently it's like an, an amazing sunrise. And, and I think Right, okay. Yeah, and I think it's perfect because I prefer to... If I'm going to run in the dark, I prefer to run at the beginning of the day in the dark. 
the beginning of the race than at the end of the race. You know, when you, I'd rather yep. be running in the dark when I'm feeling fresh and, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because at the tail end, so basically at the tail end, you're so fatigued, it's hard to um, concentrate, you know, and I don't... It's too... And it's hard to thermoregulate. Yeah, and apparently... So it goes up to about 2,000 metres. It goes starts at about 300 metres above sea level, climbs up um, over 15... Oh, 1600 and then drops back down to 400 meters and then it does a big old climb that go and you stay up above um a thousand meters for nearly half the race more than yeah and you're actually up you're, the maximum point is at the 70k mark you're at just on 2000 meters uh, above elevation above above sea level and so you're sort of along ridge tops and whatnot and then the from yeah, basically from 70 kilometres to about, for about 20 kilometres, you're dropping down, back down to sea level. And then the last, uh, you know, 20 something or something kilometres from about kilometre 88 to the finish is sort of more or less flat. So hopefully, and looking at the times, the winning time from uh, previous years, so a few years ago, the winning time was 12 and a half hours. So it's uh, like, that's a good time, a, a respectable time. But I dare say the guy that got 12 and a half hours can probably run a lot faster on a flat course. So I'd be looking, if I could do around 15, 14 to 15 hours, I'll be really happy. But it's really, yep. it's really hard to know, you know, um, you know, look, there, you've got plenty of time to do it in. I think, Last place did it in like 21 hours, but I'm a reasonably good climber, so I think I'll be all right. And, and like I said, if I, if I keep my training going now and really maximize the elevation um, between now and then, um, I'm feeling like I could do all right. So, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, what's the highest peak in South Australia? Uh, I don't know um, Mount Brown or something. It's nothing, nowhere near as high as that. A, a little so, bit. So, does, so did your wife know that you guys are going on holidays to Jindabyne for a training camp around Christmas? <laughs> we, pretty, we should, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. Well, elevation is going to be a. Uh, I'll be a focus. Luckily, I've got Black Hill right next door, which has got plenty of. I can get a lot of steepness, and um, however. It, Black Hill only goes up to about 470 metres. Um, and so I will possibly, and I, I'm going to do a bit more reading, and there's a uh, elevate, oh, what do you call it, altitude training places around here that I might actually, I don't know whether there's much merit in doing that, or um, I don't know if you've got any... Have you, I, I can tell you from personal experience of training, uh, I spent a week training in... Um, uh, Glen Innes. Mm -hmm. So Glen Innes uh, is between 800 and 1100 metres, depending on which part of town you're in. Yeah. I could be higher than that. I could be wrong there. It could be a little bit higher. But it's pretty high. Um, I spent a week running there, and then I went to sea level Yeah. after that in a single day. And, mate, did that make a difference? Like, it felt like... Oh, I, I could run like no one's business back yeah. down sea level. So I honest, I really do think it makes a positive impact on the body. Yeah. Oh, look, there's definitely 
I mean, that's why a lot of the, the pros do it. They go and do, um, and it's about the timing of it, though. I think the perfect. Yes, yeah, the, I think the timing of it is important. The the perfect um, training for um, they say li- they say live high and train low. Train right? low. Yeah. yeah. So you don't actually have to work your ass. Just being up at that altitude is really good for your um, for build- developing those red blood cells, and so. I'm going to do all that, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to focus more on just, instead of just focusing on just the 1% and the 2%, I'm going to focus on the 80%. So as in making sure I've got good leg strength, making sure I'm getting my mileage in and getting quality mileage in. And, um, and then maybe when I get a bit closer, so possibly early January, I might do a little bit of, um, right near the, just before my taper, um, I might do some something in a at the altitude training place because I would like to do yep. well. I think, yeah, I've never run two 100-kilometer races this close together before, and so it should be interesting. It could be a major catastrophe, or it could be all right. <laughs> we'll find out in January. We will. But I'll, I thought I might, um, yeah. So I'll keep everyone posted over the next the coming weeks about what I'm doing in my training and where I'm where how it's all going and if it's working. And uh, so yeah, I've got. I'll um, I'll reveal more about my specific training in the coming weeks. And uh, it certainly sounds very exciting. Yeah. Cheers. Um, all right. Should we uh, jump in to our episode, our, our interview with Brett uh, Standring? We certainly should. Yeah, Brett is. You want to tell us who Brett is? Brett is the uh, race director of Blackall 100, and he, of course, explains a lot more in this interview, so I won't uh, spoil it by saying anything incorrect now, other than yeah. to say that um, he, he, read a, he read a book and um, became highly inspired, inspired to the point where he's become a race director. Yeah. So, um, and, and we learn a lot more about that. Yeah, no, he's a re- top guy to really, really yeah, nice guy. Yeah, no, I uh, no, had a lot, got a lot of time for Brett. So I guess, um, well, in the meantime, let's um, we'll hand it off to Ashley and Daniel from the past. Done. <laughs> G'day, trail runners. Welcome to the trail runners experience. And today I'm joined by my... Awesome ultra running co-host Ashley Droof. Welcome, Ashley. How are you, my friend? Thank you. Oh, look, I'm feeling pretty good. I um, my legs are definitely recovering, but my feet aren't from the race on the weekend. Disgusting so, feet, uh, mate. I know. I know that uh, you know this won't go out to air for a couple of weeks, but um, yeah, that's how that's how I'm feeling right now. Better than I expected, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you could. Um, I look forward to, uh, and everyone's looking forward to hearing about how you went on the weekend and um, at the Blackall 100. And we're going to introduce our guest, who is none other than the race director of said race, the Blackall 100. And it is Brett Standring. Is that correct, Brett? That that's correct. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? Good, mate. Sorry about that on the. Sorry about that, Ash, on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I I had a blast. I really did. Um, I, you know, I genuinely got very ill, and uh, you'd made the right call in calling me and getting uh, 
making sure I had doctor's permission to go. It was very funny talking to my doctor because it wasn't my usual um, oncologist. So uh, my usual oncologist was away, I'm pretty sure he's in France riding his push bike. And um, lucky bugger. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I got his offsider and I said to his offsider, look, I, I just need permission to be able to run. Do you think I can run? And he goes, yeah, well, your bloods are good. So yeah, no problem. You're just doing a 5K or something? And I went, yeah, just something like that. So if you can just give me permission, that'd be great. <laughs> 20, 20, 20 back-to-back park runs. That's exactly right. So yeah. a little bit, further, a little bit further than five k. Um, zeros are insignificant numbers anyway. Yeah. So just to sure. fill fill the listeners in, so Brett, can you up? So I guess what Ashton is alluding to, obviously, there's some pretty interesting weather on the weekend, and um, to add add to the challenge of running some like epic trails. You decided to throw in um, some storms. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, we had a few storms um, passing over the top of us. We were sort of pretty lucky. We kept uh, pretty close eye on, on the radars and all that sort of stuff. We were kind of lucky that they were splitting around the Kenilworth area. So there, there was sort of a, a bit of a little bit of lightning um, where we were. We had one sort of clap of thunder. I think over at our checkpoint five, which is sort of further around the range, a little bit north of us, um, they were getting hammered with more rain, but we were, yeah, sort of monitoring it. So, yeah, the humidity and the, the rain sort of um, was pretty tough for everyone. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably where Ash's feet have gone south and, you know, sort of listed up and all that sort of stuff because of the humidity and that sweat. You could just sort of see people struggling to remove you know, heat from their body. So it was yeah. kind of tougher conditions than what we expected, really. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the humidity. Being here in South Australia, I um, we have, we're probably one of the driest states, except for maybe, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm actually, pretty sure you qualify as the driest state. Yeah, we're right up there. It's, um, I, would, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. So it's the dry weather. Look, I'm from the East Coast originally, so I know about, a bit about humidity, but not your kind of humidity. And it's, I, give me, I'd rather 40 degrees and a dry heat than 30 degrees or even 25 degrees and high humidity. You know, like the, the real, it really sucks the energy out of you, especially for those that probably traveled from interstate for it. Um, it's, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Ashley, is with your foot, did you have any foot management strategies other than sticking needles in your feet at this point? Um, <laughs> did you, because I'm a huge advocate and I'm not sponsored by them, but I'd like to be sponsored by Pseudo Cream. That's the Nappy Rash Cream because they are, um, that is, I use the Nappy Rash cream on, my, cream on my feet if I know it's going to be wet or humid and it does a treat. Well, I, I didn't. I, I seriously didn't expect it to storm quite the way it did. So I, um, I just planned for a dry day out, and uh, yeah, then it rained, and then I went. Oh, there's pretty much nothing I can do here. And by the time, you know, I felt the first lot of blisters pop, and I just went right. Well, there's just no way my shoes are coming off. You know, once they come off, I won't get them back on. Mm. So I just made the, the decision right then and there, they are not coming off. And um, I was coming back into CP5 at about the 80, oh, maybe 78K mark, something like that. <laughs> and there was just, I 
I felt really big blisters pop and that excruciating pain <laughs> followed by the, by the pleasure of not having that pain anymore was fantastic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, at that point I knew that my feet were like probably the worst that they'd ever been in my life and they are. They're the worst. I've never had feet that bad. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty good. Um, Brett, you've just got really loud again, Brett. No, he's good. I've got, I've got really loud. No, so, I like the background noise. Sure, you should only be able to hear it again. I hear you a beautiful bird. Be, uh, you should only be able to hear birds in the background, actually. Yeah, it's not yeah, too bad. Yeah, there must have been a truck or something going past. Um, oh, yeah, there was a truck going past. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, can we just back yeah, up a oh, little? And can you just um, back up and tell tell us a little bit about the Black Hole 100 and your involvement in it? You know, that'd be really helpful. Oh yeah, okay. So the Black Hole 100 started in 2014. Um, it, it took a while to get off the ground. We really had to work hard. Um, you know, dealing with um, national parks because the the Great Walk on the Sunshine Coast was never open to events. So. It was just, you know, trying to convince the guys that, you know, trail runners respect the trail and all that sort of stuff. There won't be damage, all that kind of thing. Um, we had to go and we ended up being able to talk with one of our local politicians, Andrew Powell. And, um, you know, basically, I'd, I'd been going to UTA, I think, back then for a couple of years because I kept trying to qualify for Western States. And I always felt like I'd go up there and you could kind of, it was kind of had that vibe like, uh, down in Katoomba. Yep. And I sort of, when speaking to him, I sort of said, you know, this, you know, we could have an event similar to this and showed him the video of UTA up here. And with his help and, um, yeah, we just kind of got going with national parks and started the race. So it was just a kind of, I, I just love trail running. I, I love watching the stories unfold. You know, I mean, Ashley's story is one of, one of those stories that kind of, you know, when I found out about it, it really touched me. And the, and the other thing was too, you know, he just said about getting a clearance. We spoke with, well, I spoke with him and just said, look, I'd really like a clearance because I don't really want you to go out there and get hurt based on that, you know, there's something wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of understand Ashley's point of view with it. I kind of feel like this is what the race has. It has all these backstories and, and I just love watching that, you know, it, it's it's really special. So yeah, it's sort of been able to bring that to trail runners, I guess, was the the idea of it, and and then it's kind of just taken on its life of its own now. It's pretty cool, really. So yeah, it's exciting. Well, it's developed a hell of a reputation nationwide, and I can see it really growing. I know that a few runners from South Australia have made the journey a number of times, and um, it's one on my list now because I, um, yeah, I think it's getting in that sort of realm of. I guess UTA in a sense that it's a, a big one and, and I think a lot of people are wanting to get the points and qualify for uh, Western States or other big events and so I think it's great that you've created that and I am sort of I used to live on the Sunshine Coast many many moons ago and so I am familiar with those um, some of those trails and it's beautiful through there you know like absolutely stunning scenery and stunning um, just stunning trails so I think it's yeah, well done for getting it going. Um, do you have a uh, other events that you organise, or is this your baby? 
Uh, we've got four other events. We've got, um, well, the one, next one coming up is the BUR at Daybreak and, and then followed by BUR at night in February. Yeah. Uh, then we then we have another um, one we started last year called the Gladiator. So that's a real, we've never sort of done too many short events. So that was an 8K and a 15K. And that was pretty well received, um, celebrating National Italian Day, just at a local Italian oh. cafe here in Glasshouse Mountains. Cool. So we sort of, you know, everyone came dressed up as Roman soldiers and um, <laughs> tra- trouncing around the bush. It was pretty cool, actually. Everyone sort of got in with it. And, you know, it was all pizzas and all that kind of everything Italian, really. And then the other ones, um, the Rainbow Beach Trail Festival. So that, that's a marathon up around Rainbow Beach. They're taking in Double Island Point. That's pretty spectacular, yeah. too. I mean, if you're lucky enough on that run, you get to see uh, whales migrating north and dolphins and everything. So... Yeah, we've got, we got some pretty cool events in some pretty cool uh, spots, so yeah, yeah. Well, that's, the, that's the list. The sunny coast is definitely a, um, a, a beautiful, you're, not, you're, you're spoilt for choice up there in terms of scenery, just a matter of getting them up and running, I suppose. <laughs> um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we're, we're kind of really lucky we've run Queensland. We've got such a good team that are just basically passionate about running and also making sure that everyone has a good time um yeah i guess really that that's what it's about and and trying to share the trail with as many people because you can kind of see when people do these longer distances the changes in their life they start to realize they can do things that you know they only dreamed about and it opens heaps of doors up for them in other areas so uh, yeah. i suppose it's those stories that i i really connect with yeah, it's a beautiful thing about the sport, isn't it? Um, in general, I, uh, I mean, yeah, Ash is a good example, and you know. So, can you tell us a little bit about? You're obviously a runner yourself. Can you tell us about your running? Um, yeah, well, I, I've kind of sort of been into sport all my life. I was one of the, you know, I'd be one of those kids that'd wake up at six in the morning and be waiting for everyone to wake up to play cricket in the street, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. I'd watch the Olympics. Why? You guys are probably a bit young for this, but I used to watch um, Wide World of Sports every Saturday. Arvo just lie there watching. I just love anything, any sport. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love the theatre of it and all that kind of stuff. And then um, played, you know, Aussie Rules and soccer and everything. And then sort of stopped for a while. And then I was working as a postie in Brisbane, and a guy told me about a triathlon. And um, I trained for six weeks to do this short course triathlon and nearly drowned in the swim because all I did was train in a nine-metre pool. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shocker. It was really – my wife reckon, My wife reckons I came out and my face was white. I reckon I must have swallowed all the fuel from the bloody boat harbour thing there. Oh, it was terrible. Wow. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, then moved to Glasshouse Mountains and um, – well, got Dean got Dean Carnassus book actually. I was still yeah. sort of running a little bit and um, read Ultra Marathon Man in about 2007, and then kind of thought oh, I'd like to do ultras, so started doing some ultras. So I've done some hundred mile race, oh heaps of hundred uh, k races, team events, pretty much just trail running. I just love. I've done a one road marathon and it didn't sort of, I didn't sort of sit well with me. So no, um, too too short and intense. <laughs> I, I found I found it absolutely um, grueling. I yeah. I just I, I just didn't yeah. It was just too too much sort of thing. I, I'm not sure. Maybe I just got it all wrong. But anyway, um, and then I 
was obviously from the book kind of following this Western States caper, and it took me five years to finally get drawn out of the barrel, and last year I was able to run Western States. and Awesome. Um, yeah, so, so it was pretty cool to finally get there, but How still like to go back. There was an awesome race, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty pretty much. I just I just really enjoy being out in the bush. I find it peaceful and all that sort of stuff. And so yeah, pretty much now I'm just run trails and I'm training at the moment for um, well I use the term loosely training, but um, I'm going down to do the Alpine Challenge down your way in, Vic- oh, well, in Victoria, Victoria in, yeah. on the 23rd of November. Nice. Yep. Tough is one. Is that the four? Is that the four mountain race? I thought that was earlier in the month. No, that's uh, a different one. The, no, this is the Alpine Challenge, the 100 miles starting at oh, Falls okay. Creek. I, yeah. I'm sort of, hope, yeah, hoping my um, knowledge of 100-mile racing carries me through because my training's not the best. I'm trying to have a big week this week, actually. So there's so much going on with with Blackall leading up to it. It was just crazy. So, yeah. It's... um. It's a big, it's a pretty tough race, that one. I've never done it, but I've had guys that I coach do it, and it's, uh, you know, over 7,000 metres of climbing. And, uh, yeah. So it's, and the conditions are variable. Last year they had to change the course because they got all this late, this late snow, and so the, the course was a lot flatter in the end, but, um, which is disappointing for a lot of the guys that wanted to hit that climbing, all that climbing. But um, so hopefully you get decent weather and you can run a, you can get a true experience of all the of the mountains. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Just yeah, I mean I've got some staying awake training on the weekend. That's for sure. I didn't get to sleep for about forty <laughs> something hours on the weekend. So, I mean, <clears throat> I was that bad. But on the weekend, by the uh, end of the black hole, I thought my phone was ringing. And I answered. It wasn't even ringing. It was just yeah. I was like. Crazy! I was just awake for so long. Who needs drugs? Well, eh? you always. Every time I saw you, you look fresh. So <laughs> you must have. Oh, you, I don't even know if I seen you the day after it, mate. I can't even remember. So yeah. <laughs> so what's what's yeah. more exhausting, running a one hundred k race or race directing a one hundred k race? I was wondering when we sort of were teeing this up. I thought, wonder if you'll ask that question. I was <laughs> thinking about it this morning, actually. <laughs> I think they're really completely different um, tires, actually, being, you know, exhaustions. I know um, mentally from organising an event, that that's the – but physically from running an event, it's, you know, you get that physical tiredness. <clears throat> Even though you're a bit yeah. mentally tired, you're just so sore and all that from, run, from running where organising, you're just thinking all the time and phones are going all the time. So by the end of it, you're just mentally – kind of drained and sometimes I wonder if I'd be, been sort of on the Sunday if you're kind of rude to people because you're just so tired you can't even communicate properly you know so um, yeah, yeah. The, so probably running's easier that's for sure that's the short answer to the question <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're both hard in different ways you know I bet yeah 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 so uh, this is a question for both you and Ash. So I want to know, hear all about Dean Carnassus and your and him coming to. He's a race ambassador, wasn't he this year? Well, um, exactly the question that's been sitting in my head. I was waiting for that story to come up. Mm. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, sorry, you sorry, go first. You go, Brett. Yeah. What was the question to Daniel? Sorry, Man, how did you get? Dean, how did you get? How did you get Dean here? Oh, well. 
um, my Megan, my Megan thinks that it's um, fate and stuff like that. Maybe it is. Like after reading the book, I've kind of followed, you know, that story and probably he's lying a little bit, you know, he created that, flicked that light on for me, you know, and I guess it's in everyone and sometimes read something and it hits you. So he's kind of, if it had been anyone in the world I wanted to run with, it was going to be him and I got to do it and that was pretty cool. So, um, but it it kind of started over at um, Western States, really. Um, We were there for the race and in the race brief and I didn't know he was in the race. He must have got in on the wait list or something or whatever way. Anyway, he's sitting up in the, uh, up in the bleachers there when we were uh, doing the race brief and Megan said to me, oh, is that Dean Carnassus up up there? And I said, oh, far out it is. <laughs> and then um, so I grabbed my son and we sprinted outside at the end of the race brief and I just yelled out, hey, Dean, and um, start had about two minutes with him and and I slipped a Black All 100 shirt into his bag. Um <laughs> And and then did the race. And oh, during the race, I had a pacer, and um, uh, Phil Phil Fowler, and he was wearing a black or one hundred shirt. And every time Dean would see him, he'd just yell out Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> and so I, I don't know something sat with him or whatever. And anyway, I just sent an e- after the race, probably after Blackwell actually last year, just sent an email to him and sort of said, oh, you know, I, would you be interested in coming to our event? We'd really love to have you there. And he kind of said, I've got a gap in my calendar. It could work. And then we started to talk with the North Face, um, with uh, Brody Clark here. And we um, yeah, just sort of came up with this plan to be able to bring him here. And it kind of started to unfold. And we're sort of just looking all at each other going, is this really going to happen? And then it started to happen. But I, and, and then finally we got him here. But I think the funniest thing was he was doing a photo shoot with the Courier Mail. Uh, last week and we were jogging out to gun gun i live in glasshouse mountains and as we're climbing this mountain there we're just chatting away and i said how do you get paid and um he said oh you know sometimes i get appearance money from big races and sponsors and this and that and i said so what are you doing here and he said i don't know and we just i just burst out laughing and we were just cracking up and i I don't know what legend um Oh, it was it was interesting because he's got such a full calendar at the moment. So he was just such a great person, you know. He really listens to everyone. He's very attentive, you know. He really, yeah, he was just something really special to have at our race. And it, it was a real privilege to have him here. I think, um, yeah, it was just awesome. So I hope I didn't bang on too much about that. But he, he no. was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, that's he's amazing. Cer- he's certainly a He's a truly amazing ambassador for running. Um, yeah. After meeting him, he just um, everything he says in the book just that's him to a T. Um, yeah. From from what you see, it, it's it's kind of mind blowing just how down to earth, normal, um, and you know, encouraging to everyone, no matter who they are or what they're doing. Oh, and he arrived off the plane with this kind of gastro, and he was really unwell. And, and I mean, he kind of did a Dean thing in my eyes. I mean, most people with that kind of stuff going on would be completely dehydrated and not going and in an event. And you can kind of see that that's his makeup. He, you know, he talks about pushing through when he, you know, all this sort of stuff and, 
you know the the run if you run when you can walk if you have to and crawl what is it crawl if you have to yeah yeah <clears throat> kind of stuff and and you could just sort of see it was going on but it's just I, I, th- I think because he's such a caring person it almost um could have been to his detriment to a to a degree like he's just so I don't know too giving. He's just so giving of his time, even when he's not feeling the best. Yeah. And, and most people wouldn't have even known, because I was looking at photos in the event, and some of the photos are 70 and 80K in. You couldn't have been feeling too flash. And um, still giant smile, getting in there with people at checkpoints. He, he's just, he was just um, unreal. Like, you, you couldn't have wished for a better better um, bloke to have turned up and run in your event. It's um, really interesting because, I mean, you look at the way the sport of ultra running has evolved even over the last 10 years, you know, and the number, of, the increase in interest. And, but he was one of, the one, the, one of the instigators of all that, I feel, with his, um, his book. And just, you know, like, I feel like, I mean, I read somewhere recently that over the last 10 years, like, races, ultra races have increased by like a thousand percent or something ridiculous around the world. Like the number of yeah. it, and and I think a lot of that's got to do with guys like Dean Carnassus, you know, like he was sort of a, a real, tra- I guess, a trailblazer in a sense, um, and so yeah, like he's definitely one of the first people I even heard of running ultras, you know. So he must be. I think I think I think he I think what he appeals to is the average punter. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's not the fastest in the world. Like you know, if we we're all trying to be. I mean, Wormsley. Jim, Jim Wormsley say at Western States when he broke that record this year, yeah. you sit back and think, oh, my goodness. I mean, he was... It's freakish. When I did it, when mm. I did it, he was like 14, 25, I think, and I was like <laughs> about 28 hours. And I'm thinking, mate, I couldn't have even done any quicker if I tried, like, you know. Yeah. And these guys are twice as fast. It just... It doesn't even sort of resonate with me how does someone do that. But this guy, you know, kind of can trudge and run all day. I mean, and he, you know, he's had some really fast races too. But, yeah, he, he appeals to the the masses of us, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's what I try and look at with this podcast. Is, and I've interviewed some really top-level runners and some back-of-the-packers and some middle-of-the-packers as well because I think, you know, it's more relatable when someone who, who has... You know, Jim Wormsley, I can't really relate to him. I'd love to interview him. I'd love to, to meet him. But he's just so fast, you know. It's just, it's a different kind. I follow him on Strava and I have done for some time. And just looking at his splits, I just like, is he on a bike? Is he on a motorbike? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so fast. Yeah. But, um, and there's nothing wrong. Good. I love watching fast guys, you know, like, but I mean, I'll never be that fast, no matter how hard I train. And, um, but it's cool, like yeah, like you say, there's some really you want to find people who are relatable, and that's where ultra, I mean, trail running, I think, is really um, sets itself apart from your road running, you know, it's because it's not all about the the splits and the speed, and it's about the experience that, and the the shared experience of the trail. I mean, it sounds like that's what you believe, and it's definitely what I believe. So, um, so yeah, what do you think, Ash? Uh, look for me. I've run some, some, you know, shorter races and faster, and those are all about just slamming. And slamming is probably not the right word because all I do is think about technique in those. But um, 
you know, you're getting into an aid station, you're getting out as fast as you can, you, you, you're stressing if someone's taking too long to fill up your water bottle. Whereas in an ultra, it's like it's all about the adventure. And so, you know, the race on the weekend was a perfect example of, you know, I've got a long sleeve shirt on because I'm thinking it's going to be a really hot day, it's going to be sunny. Brett even made the comment when I came through, CP2 goes, man, are you overheating in that shirt or what? <laughs> and um, it wasn't long after that that I did take it off because um, I was overheating in that shirt. But at the time, you know, it was going to be a sunny day, so I, I didn't want to get burnt. And then next minute, you know, it's hammering with rain. It's like, yeah, this is exactly why I'm out here is because this is a total adventure. And then, you, you know, you're running beside other people. And I was running beside a, a woman for a while for the life of me, I can't remember her name. Um, you know, she's four kids, and what are you doing out here? And she goes, oh, I'm just, you know, trying to trying to show my kids that there's more to life than just going to work, you know, and it was just exactly. And then I was coming back up the bluff, and I started to overtake 50K people coming up the bluff, which is a, a series of switchbacks in quite open country, full-on sunlight, uh, and these people were... You know, they're the back of the pack of the 50s, struggling up. And you're checking on each one of them, and they're going, yeah, yeah, I'm having a great time. It's just going to take me a little while longer than it's going to take you. And it's like, oh, no, I've still got a fair way to go, you know. <laughs> I'm doing 100. <laughs> and um, they go, yeah, it's just, it's it's all that camaraderie. And then you come into an aid station, they go, what what do you want? What do you want? You know, yeah. can you, can you, do you want a sandwich? Do you want this? Do you want that? And everyone's just out there to have a good time and to help you. And everyone's on their own journey, whether they're at the front or at the very back. They, they've all got their reasons for doing it. There's people out there for mental health. There's people out there, you know, just because, you know, they're trying to prove something to, to themselves or to someone else. Um, that's It's the whole – and that's what ultra running for me is about. It, it's about this – it's a long time out there. It's a lifetime of adventure in a short period of time. And you get to meet some of the most amazing and wonderful and supportive people, um, you know, in both directions. You know, I'm supporting people by asking them how they're doing, and and they're doing the same thing back. You know, going to help you with anything. And this is just why you're you're out running. Like, oh, I couldn't get more excited about something if I tried. Like, it's just it's it's the people, and and how it all comes together. I mean, there's like I was saying earlier, there was meant to be great views. I never saw any of them, um, and that's because we were in the clouds, and that was just awesome. And then the most spectacular thing that I saw, it was in the dark. I think it was about eleven o'clock at night, and these massive insects, like the size of my hand. Um, and apparently, Brett was saying that Dean was scared by these insects, which was kind of funny. But I was fascinated because, it, you know, as you know, I like to photograph insects. And, um, yeah, you, do, you don't get to see that stuff if you just go out during the day. Were they so, those giant, were they those giant um, grasshoppery-looking things, Ash? Yeah. Like, oh, a giant, like, like a giant cricket with yellowy or white-coloured legs. That, it's exactly what I said, that they were a mix between a cricket and an ant that had been on steroids for the last 10 years. Wow. Well, um, yeah. They were massive. Okay, so I've never seen anything like it. Shout out to all the entomologists. I got to run that bit with Dean, right, because um, we were sort of deciding, Megan said, oh, my wife, everything was calming down from the day. So I kind of went for about four or five Ks and then had to get a lift and go somewhere else. And we were in there and I was in there with Dean and he nearly jumped through the roof. He, oh, my gosh, what's that? 
And I was like, you, mate, I was just fascinated. I said, what? That? I said, that's awesome. You know, like, we're just looking there. And it's really funny how when people aren't aware of these critters we've got here, what it, what it freaks them out, you know? I was, I was kind of thinking, lucky you didn't see a python. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see a python all day because it was perfect weather for some big pythons to come out. Jesus. But I never did. Yeah. Yeah, there were, I, don't, I don't recall too many people saying they've seen snakes. So... Um, Maybe that's just because there was a few people on the trail that day. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that was the other the other thing too. Um, I probably should have added about the black hole, and I think that this is the biggest thing that's made the event so good. It's like we spend probably well, we're ba- basically nearly back into it um, yesterday, so the day after it for next year. Um, wow, is that it, it's a twelve month project, but. That, that we've kind of bring together, but it's the community, our volunteers. Um, we, we've got so many local guys on the sunny coast that will just come out and help us mark now um, that want to be a part of it, that that's what that event's about. And I think, um, I, I mean, I, I probably bang on a, about Dean a bit too much, but anyway, no. that's how it is. Um, he basically made the comment that he felt that it was a world-class event um, that's great. You know, the, the care that was taken for everyone on that course. Um, you know, the, the, uh, those 50 Kers that you're talking about, Ash, there was one lady named Christy. She had the hiking poles. You would have gone past her quite early, I would have thought, and her husband, Steve. And they were just out there for a day of it. And basically, I got to go and do 3Ks of the course because they were so far at the back that all the 100 Kers had overtaken them and the sweepers were onto them. And I, at 8 p.m., we send our sweepers into the 100, but our sweepers are so good that they demark this 50K loop. And I got a phone call, and they said, Brett, we've got some 50, 250Kers here. And I said, uh, okay, I said, I bet that part of the course is demarked. Anyway, she was getting like you, blisters attended to. <clears throat> By the time I got there, they got it going again. This is our first aid, guys. They're amazing, these Sunshine Coast first aid volunteers. Got it going, and myself, Steve, and Christy ended up doing this loop together. Um, so that we could pick the course up. And, you know, we're out there and she's got the sticks and uh, the hiking poles and we're sort of, I'm showing her how to go down hills with hiking poles during the event and all that. <laughs> and she was just a trooper. It was brilliant. And, you know, when I got to go out to CP4, because I don't get to go to the CPs too often because Gavin, our other race directors out on course, managing a lot of that, you know, the CP guys are just absolutely wonderful. And I think that's what makes our event different to others. It's that community that we've got, like, and the running groups that are involved every year. Brilliant. They're brilliant. That's fantastic. Yeah, I agree 100%. You, you've, um, 100%. You're selling it pretty well. I, I was going to ask you about, like, how would you, uh, like, the, sell this event, but I think you've already done that. So that's a question we don't need to worry about. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you... Um, about um like what's that you've talked about lots of the positives of your um of the race and being a race director and like obviously the negative is the is how tired you get and how much you don't get to sleep Uh, what are some of the biggest drawbacks other than that you know of being a race director and organizing these kinds of things oh are there any drawbacks he probably doesn't get to run his own race well yeah I've, i've run it by myself and um, so um, I, guess, I guess for me, Daniel, there's probably, 
I, I can't think of too many things that I don't like about it. Like you said, the sleep's probably a thing, but I accept that that's part of it. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like work, even though it's, it's, it's unbelievable amounts of work that goes into it. Like the, the guys in our team that are doing all this stuff in the background, it, it really is a 12-month project. Um, yeah. But being able to kind of do this stuff, for me, it's um, it, it's just a real kind of privilege to be able to do it and share it. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's things that happen during the race and you just try to manage them, you know, manage injuries and things like that. And you kind of hope that everyone's had a great time. And then I kind of guess if they haven't, I want to kind of know why to see can we fix it if there's been any drama. Um yeah, probably the hardest thing, probably for the hardest thing for us has been trying to get the shirt sizes right over the years. And I think this year was the first time that we can honestly say that was spot on. So, wow. you know, that was probably it. So, so no, look, yeah. it's, just, it's just such a great thing to be able to do stuff that you really love in life, you know. And I, I guess, again, you know, reading some of these books that I read and you, you hear all these people trying to find your passion and making it your your job i guess yep you know my, it's not You've my job yours. at the moment i mean yeah. oh. I, I mean i'm halfway at the moment through a day of where i've just walked off a postie bike because i'm uh i help deliver some local papers because i don't make a full living out of this you know so yeah um i'm sitting in a park having a cup of coffee while i'm having a break chatting to you good bloke so oh, yeah that's awesome yeah that's that is awesome multitasking and i mean obviously you what would it take for you to do this full-time? You need to organise more events or do have more um, people? I, look, I don't... I don't know if organising more events would be the thing. I mean, um, this was a close to a sellout, and I, I honestly think... I, I guess it could grow into something humongous, but the other thing I'm really mindful of is we've got a permit of 700 now. I think we ended up with... We had about 660 registered, I think it was. We yeah. had about, um, I think we had 400 and, I've got these numbers roughly, 414 finished the 50 with about nine DNFs. Yeah. We had 174 finished the 100. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, That's but you amazing. Got, I think That's incredible. That, well, I don't, actually, I, th I was thinking about this, Ash. The other, and the other one quickly was um, the 100K at 174 finishes. And 24 DNFs, I think it was. Wow. That's um, wow. But I think the thing is, um, with the 50, you've got basically 23 hours to finish it. So, I mean, if you, you, you know, if you haven't got to really push hard or anything like that. And that's one of the things, you know, when I was saying I really want the event for everyone, I think that's accessible for nearly anyone, really, you know, with yeah, a minimal that, amount of training. They, they, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you could hike that quite quite comfortably you know straight off the bat um and then the hundred you know the conditions weren't too bad we had a couple two people that missed the um the checkpoint cut off at cp2 and then the other 22 were dnfs for various reasons so um yeah yeah <coughs> yeah well but yeah that's in, uh, seriously that's that's i can't believe how small those figures are because I've been in other events this year where the dropout rate's been in the thirty percent mark. Yeah. Um, 
conditions weren't anywhere near as bad as what the weekend was. And when I say bad, that that's that's my idea of, of an awesome race is when you just get everything thrown at you because then you really um, – like everything has to sort of come together and it feels really good. So, um, yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Really the course is so well marked too. Yeah. Um, every so often, like I was powering along, I go, oh, geez, I haven't seen a marker for a little while. Literally, as soon as that come into my head, bang, marker like right in front of me. Um, and then uh, also traveling around the lake. So I started heading around the lake and it wasn't dark yet. And I switched on my light maybe 2Ks down the road out of CP5. Mm-hmm. And then you had to do a left-hand turn at an intersection and I turned left in an intersection, and uh, the, a family just suddenly, they, they started waving at me through the window, their house, and they switched all their lights on, and they came out, and they just started cheering, and it's just like, yeah, this is just awesome, like community just coming out, huh. you know, people that, I don't think they're runners or anything like that, they were just, you know, like, go, 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 and then um, the next minute I came up on a guy who was still going in the dark with no light on, and I'm like, dude, you're all right. And he goes, oh, yeah, I just like to save the battery. I'm going to be out here for a while. <laughs> Fair enough. Eats plenty of carrots. Eats all his carrots, so he's got good night vision. <laughs> oh, look, the fact was we were on a road and that was all right. And there were cars coming down the road every so often. But once you hit the trail again, if you didn't have your light on, you were going to end up on your face. Yeah. Um, and I assume that's what he was saving it for. He obviously knew the course better than yeah. I yeah, yeah, he knew there was probably about, what would that be, about six, probably six or seven k's of sort of a fire road sort of thing. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, so, yeah, I know, I know the house you're talking about, <clears throat> right in the corner there of uh, Buckby Road, that's called. Is it? So, yep. Yep. And so, yeah. yeah oh, so, awesome. So it's taken a little bit for the um, communities to sort of, grab a hold of the race and that but most of them now are like well behind it we know that the uh, benefits for the local businesses there are huge like um i know the little pizza shop there uh pris and pringle there at bella vista they were sort of saying it's their biggest weekend of the year um so so it's really been good for their little local community as well like the little businesses there i know a lot of people train there and you know there's coffee dates after it and all that sort of stuff so it's really been uh, great for a lot of lot of people there, so it's brilliant. That's a really interesting point yeah. that you make, Brett, because, I mean, this is something that I've sort of thought about a lot, and here in South Australia with all our events, um, it's, it is the, it, it's, um, it's so good that spillover into the other, into the community and, and how much of it's a, from a financial perspective, I feel like councils and the, I mean, need to get more behind these kinds of events. And I mean, this is not a trail running event, but like the Adelaide City Marathon is something that, look, I, I like, I like the event, but I think that it could be bigger. And I think that the Adelaide City Council, I know they're not going to be listening to this, but um, they, um, well, they may. I hope they do. And um, they, they need to really embrace how much running brings in financially to the community. You know, like people are willing to spend money when they're in a new location especially you know like they go okay yeah we want to go and have a nice dinner somewhere or go and stay some like if i was to come to queensland 
I would then have to book accommodation and I would, you know, there's money there and then I'd have to buy my food and there's money there. Like it's all going into the community and I don't know. I just, I do feel like we've got a little ways to go here in terms of um, how much the community, in, oh, no, the, the, the wider community embraces it. The running community is fantastic. But yeah, I think it's, it's a really good point that um, people are making, the local businesses are making a bit of coin as well, you know. So. Oh, look, t- totally, mate. I think um, we're really lucky because um, I, I guess a lot of the time um, I'm pretty persistent, I guess, with when I start to get an idea in that. So, which is, you know, I guess, Ash, you'd probably know that when you're when you're an ultra runner. I mean, it's clear that you're like that. Um, <laughs> you've got to just keep pushing, you know, and, like, it took us a while with Sunshine Coast Council because I, I guess... Two, that when they're going to um, invest in you, in, into your event, they want to know that you've got some longevity and, you know, that they're going to see benefit for the region. And we were lucky enough this year to be able to have a night with Dean on the Thursday night where Dean and Lisa Tummity come over from New Zealand and spoke and, and it right. was a great night. And, and and the councillors were there and they were able to see what we were doing and they were really like, wow, the, the, you know, this has come a long way. So they, they can see the benefit. They're pretty good in our in our region because we've got yeah. that, you know, the beaches and, and the beautiful hinterland where we run yeah. already. So so we're kind of lucky in that sense. And and the other thing that's interesting too with the, is the demographic of the trail runner. Yeah. Like, one of our um, the smallest age category for us is the twenty to thirty year olds. Yeah, and then and then it gradually increases, and and the biggest ones probably forty to sixty. Yeah. So it's a lot of people that are either um, their kids are older and they've got a bit of time to train, and they've usually got more disposable income because they're not trying to, you know, fund home loans as much and yeah, yeah. raise kids and all that. So they can go out and run trail, and they've got a bit more money to spend. You know, so. So that, that's why these events kind of work for them. So yeah, we certainly getting a lot of people that are coming up and making more than a you know making a weekend away of it. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people. They they their whole year and their whole all their family vacations are structured around where they're going to do their next event. You know, and so um, it's like the old the old runcation becomes the family vacation. Then the, yeah. that's what we do, and we I take we've got three little kids, and we'll go. And we'll go camping or we'll go and stay somewhere in like an Airbnb with the kids and um, have a blast after the event, you know, we'll go and stay and explore. I, I did that down in Bright and um, when I went for the Buffalo Stampede down there and that was great. We had a beautiful time down there. And um, yeah. yeah, so no, it's fantastic. It, it's, um, I think you're doing really well. And yeah, I guess they have to be forward thinking up there because tourism is a big thing on the Sunshine Coast. It's, it's a massive industry up there. So, you know, yeah, that's excellent. Um, I was going to say, Ash, do you have any, uh, any more questions for Brett right now? Questions? No, questions? None, that I can, none that I can think of. When, what's the date for next year? Uh, it's the uh, 17th of October. All right, the so 17th of October. And when, to ent- when can people enter? We'll probably open them up around uh, early February again this year. So... Um, uh, next year, sorry, mate. Um, yeah, early February next year. That's fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, and um, so so put in put in your calendar now for seventeenth of October because I mean I can't when I was sitting down and it's probably one of the best welcome to countries that I've 
listen to. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just so many people sitting there, and I was like, wow, this is a big event. So uh, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if you get 700 next year. Yeah, it wouldn't be too surprised. We had another, like this year's growth was 40%, so, or just over 40%. So we're like, wow, you know, and with a permit of 700, I guess we're pretty close to that. Yeah. But um, that, that's another thing too, mate. I, I guess it wasn't a question, but I think um, Uncle Al that did that Welcome to Country is one of my really good friends. And, you know, when he really kind of seen what we were doing, I, I guess that's the other thing too. We really wanted to try to, bring a bit of culture, Indigenous culture, to the event as well. So we've been able to kind of do that, and Uncle Al brings that, you know, to the event. So we're, we're pretty blessed to have him along, and, you know, he, he'll kind of, I guess, to a degree, guides a lot of the stuff. But he, he always says to me, he look, I mean, he must have said it about a million times over the weekend. He, he talked to different runners, and he'd say, Brett, this is more than, just, more than a race. This is more than a race. And <laughs> I, I agree with him. It is. It's, That's you know, beautiful. there's a lot of Indigenous culture significance in that area so yeah yeah that's so that welcome was awesome that welcome was awesome and it is definitely a journey across country like you really do get to see some magnificent creeks and waterfalls and um open country as well not just it's not just all rainforest um it's spectacular it really is what you get to see Maybe I could get you to run it next year, Ash, and I can run it. You're selling it to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm... Well, we'll have to see. I, I'm really... I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I think um, I'm due for... A, I've got friends and family up on the Sunshine Coast, and so I really should um, get up there and, and double it up and do a, a run as well. So um, maybe next come year... And get yourself, <laughs> come and get yourself a German bell, mate. Yes, I would. I, yep. It's a good idea. I actually, just two, a couple of things I want to talk about before I let you go, um, just very quickly. Um, first of all, like the, um, I didn't ask you this at the beginning, but like the logistics of it. So, how many aid stations are there, and what's the elevation of your of like the fifty and the hundred k? Yeah, the well, elevation never ends. Yeah. Let me go with <laughs> the that. Elevation. It, it's it's a funny it's funny because it's not in the scheme of hundred um, k races. It's three thousand two hundred and eighty meters and descent yeah it's not massive but it's a lot of it's actually probably uh a lot like american trails so there's a lot of switchback trails so obviously national parks are protecting the you know the natural environment there so um yeah they're fun it's it's still tough but you know those fast the fast guys are clearly running it because i know that um ryan that broke the record this year in 953 i think it was he knocked four minutes off the time. He had to have been running that. He's going over 10Ks an hour. He'd be running most of that. Yeah, um, he was definitely running it. Yeah, there's, there's about, oh, he was he was cracking along. Um, there was, there's five different checkpoints and they're all run by uh, running groups. And yep. uh, they're basically spaced at about 10Ks apart, roughly. We put some water stations in, you know, we added a, couple of uh, new water stops just to make it a little bit uh, easier for runners. So you would have seen that little water stop after about uh, 25k, uh, 30k, I think it was, Ash, in the middle yeah, of the those, those, Honestly, those water stops were fantastic. And um, without mentioning other ultras' names, because I don't want to you know, have a go at anyone, that's for sure, but 
There's a couple of other ultras that I've done this year that would really benefit from setting up exactly the same thing. Are you talking about like water, water drops, Ash? Just a, a just an, an yeah. An so it was a thousand drop. liter tank with yeah. four or maybe five taps, so you could fill up your own bottles, and it was just sitting on a trailer, and so you, you could just you could run in and you could be with a pack of three or four people, and you could all actually fill up your bottle exactly the same time. There was no, um, you know, have to wait in line or anything like that from getting it out of one little little bottle. It was, you know, a 1,000-litre bottle. So, um, yeah, I thought that was really well executed. Uh, thank you. That's Thanks. A, it's a great idea. That means a lot. Yeah. Well, that, that was the, the other thing too. Well, Ash, you probably could answer this. What would... The other thing we, where we host the event, it has that real community feel. And the one thing that um, I think you asked about permit sizes there before, um, we'd be very hesitant to increase again um, because we sat on 500 for the first five years. And if we had been on that this year, there would have been 100 and, I don't know, 30, 40 people that would have missed out. But I hope that my hope is that we always keep that really good community feel but with the kind of a, a bigger size event. So I don't know if, uh, how that felt for you, Ash, because I know it was your first one. So I'm hoping that that still translated this year, but we'll probably get that feedback in the next weeks and all that sort of stuff to make sure that everyone still felt that. But it felt great to me. Um, when, when I first left, I think CP2, after CP2, I was pretty much running by myself after that that's when the you know the field opened up yeah um you know and everyone had left me behind so um yeah i think that the the size of the field is great as far as the town the town never felt incredibly busy but it felt um active if that makes sense so it didn't like I've been to um, outback towns, you know, where all of a sudden the, the outback towns like a thousand people, and as well as to nine thousand people for, you know, a weekend event, and it, it's just too busy. Like you can't get anything done, etc. Um, they still do a good job, but you, whereas your event, yes, the town was busy, but it it wasn't. Oh, I've got to line up for five hours to get something. Everything, you know, was really timely. It it worked really well. Um, I still managed to get accommodation because someone didn't come because um, I hadn't booked accommodation. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was – It was. It, I think it's spot on, the size of it. I really do. No, that's good. Um, that's good. The last thing I want to – that's really interesting. It's so good with the aid stations being 10 kilometres apart and having the water drops. I think that would definitely have contributed to your completion rate numbers because you know as soon as people run out of water things go pear-shaped pretty quickly in these I know from experience um and as you probably know but um one of the things that I um I wanted to um bring up also is your sponsors for the event because one of your sponsors is we have a we have a mutual friend a mutual sponsor and that is the the good people at infinite and so um so in so can you tell us a bit more about Infinite and your other sponsors for the, just before we let you off the hook. Oh yeah, J- yeah, Jason, uh, Rach at Infinite. So they're a local Sunny Coast um, uh, business, and we basically were introduced to those guys oh, a long while ago. 
pretty much towards the start of when Run Queensland started and um, Chase was happy to jump on board and he's our nutrition supplier now. Um, I use their nutrition when I run because I've always struggled with GI problems. So I, I, I could barely ever drink this, drink anything. So I've been able to use Infinite um, in my runs now. Um, I eat a lot of solid food, so I just yeah. have a bit of bit of both. So it's really works really well for me. Um, mm. and, and they've just sort of jumped on board and been a part of the event ever since. Um, yeah, it's we've good also stuff. got the running coast, uh, the running company on the Sunshine Coast. So they're yeah. just a lo- one of the local running stores. I think they've got nine, maybe a tenth one opening on basically the eastern seaboard. I think they're down with you guys in South Australia too. Yeah, we've got two here. We've got um, one in, in Unley, which is sort of in the city, and then one down south as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, Brad and Lacey there in Maroochydore. Um, yeah, they've been fantastic. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're part of it now. And then also one of our newest ones is... Um, uh, Peter and Amanda Fowler at the recovery room um, in uh, Batinia, which is on the Sunshine Coast as well. So, cool. um, yeah, so they really, and then office, uh, the other one was Sunshine Coast Council, a visit Sunshine Coast. So, but they've, but they've been really, the, the council's been awesome. They've really uh, helped us with, pro, you know, promoting the event and, and bringing more people to the area. So, yeah, we're pretty pretty lucky with all the people that we've got around us they're all just sort of really passionate about running so it's yeah works really well i think it's good to have some you really got to hold on to like the good quality sponsors you know i mean and take care of each other because it's so i mean with especially people like um infinite and and sorry the recovery room did you say um, the recovery room, yeah, yeah. And, and then the running company. Running company, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, you take care of each other and it's it's so mutually advantageous, you know. Like we just, um, yeah, it's good for the – I think it's you need those, you need the sponsors to keep the event going, obviously, and have a supplier. And, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I'm always very grateful to, to anyone who contributes to any event like those kinds of companies because they just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't happen without them, you know. And oh, so – yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, they just wouldn't. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, you sort of got to... You've got to have a whole lot of people around you to make it happen, and, and that's, I, I guess, to it, you know, we've got that going on. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty grateful for for all the... Everyone, really, that helps contribute to the races. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, it, it's a bit of a niche market, too, I suppose, especially ultra running. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the numbers aren't huge, but I guess, They're you know, <laughs> keep trying to put on good events and, you know, those people will tell their friends and that's when, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep a good event. So that's the plan. Um, have you ever heard that? I'll finish on this quote. There's a famous quote from, um, uh, the, uh, Emil Zatopek. Remember him from back in the day? Yeah. He was a mar- runner, and yeah. he said, "If you want to experience, if you want to win a race, run a hundred meters. If you want to, exp- what's he say? Something about experiencing life, run a marathon." And and like, I think we need to add in an extra bit for that quote. <laughs> if you want to have, I don't know, experience everything that life has to offer, run an ultra marathon. <laughs> I don't. Know. How would you change yeah. it? So much happens. Yeah, I, I, I would change it to if you want to experience a team while running solo, run an ultra. 
Yeah. Because yeah. it takes yeah. a team. Like, I, I couldn't think, you know, you've got, you know, Brad obviously is race director, um, Megan is wife, and I don't, just can't remember the others, but, um, and the volleys, like, for the volunteers, it, it takes all of those people, souls that I can go out there and run 100Ks um, in spectacular country. Yeah, it, it, it does take an entire team, and it's, I'm thankful to every single person that's out there, competitor, a uh, helper, the person who served me coffee in the morning. Uh, it just, yeah, yeah, absolutely awesome. It's very cool. And, and I think, yeah, I think the other the other thing too is with um, that I've learned to appreciate is like uh, I, I've done UTA seven times, and um, I don't batter an eyelid at their costs anymore either because I know what it costs to put on an event and it's astronomical. You would, it is unbelievable. Um, yeah. You know, and the time and effort those guys must put in, say, with something like that, it's just unbelievable, really. And, I mean, they, that that race down there, I, I really enjoy that. And it's, yeah, there's so, like you said, Ash, there's so many people involved just to get people on that trail. And it's kind of like it all boils down to that one day. But if you haven't done all that lead-up work really 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 well and you know you kind of get found out so um i'm sure there'll be feedback that we can get and learn again and um do a few things dif- differently or or not i don't know we'll, we'll sort of see that we we sort of welcome the feedback from emails and and work out how how we can improve things so so that we're all constantly doing that that's why that other water station was out there this year you know Gavin is one of the other guys that you were thinking of, Ash, and he... Sorry, yeah, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin, yeah. He um, he uh, he was the one who sort of came up with splitting that course to put that one in there, and it's just the perfect point in the event to do it now. So, so and, and, and people who've done the race before commented on how wonderful that was to have that there. So, and, and I think it went through about five or 600... I think he said 500 litres of water they went through there so it just tells you how important that that new one is it's amazing well yeah when i came through there would have it would have been only at 20 percent. so you know the second time through yeah so yeah yes yeah. it's, it's big yeah yeah phenomenal it's good excellent work mate and i'm um very impressed and you've certainly sold me on it so what i might do is um at when I post this episode, we're gonna I'll put um, a link links to your um, to the sign up page for Blackall for 2020, even though it hasn't gone live yet. But um, we'll put yep. it in the show notes and I'll share it around. And I mean, I just and really encourage people to go and experience something a bit different and um, a, a new another like in this big this big land that we have in Australia, it's an amazing event. And so we'll share all that about. And so um, and. I suppose you need to go and get get some training done and go back, get back to work. So we'll let you do that, and because um, you, you've got a big event coming up very soon, where you where you get to be on the other side of the starting line, not a director but a runner. So you better get. I hope that goes well for you, and um, yeah, have a good experience. Uh, thanks, Daniel. It was really fun, you know, having a chat with you guys, and and it was really great to finally meet Ash in person because I'd only ever spoken to him on the phone. And I just want to say, Ash, I'm so grateful for you sharing your story. Um, I mean, it nearly brought me to tears when we were talking. Well, it actually did bring me to tears when we were talking on the phone. I, I just think your openness and your honesty 
and your ability to share what you're um, battling and going through is just um, amazing and and I'm really grateful you shared it with me. So thanks. Well, I, I thank you and my feet don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> don't You should send that picture that you sent me, Ash. Send it. I, I will send that through to Brett in just a second. We might yeah. put that up on the show notes. That'll scare everyone from listening to the podcast. Ever all going in and the month. Looks seedy <laughs> as. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we'll let you. Awesome. We'll say farewell from here. Okay. Take care, Brett, and we'll talk again really soon, my friend. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Thanks Brett. Ash. Take care, guys. Yeah, you too.